All right, here we are, Rich Life Projects. And today, what a story I have from uh, probably a young fellow who's uh, had a dream of being a, a great fighter and, and uh, next minute, Australia's next uh, million-dollar man. Well, probably doesn't work out to be a million dollars as we spoke about. Rob Razor Wilkinson, how are you, mate? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Always good, always good, mate. Mate, what has been happening other than obviously you've uh, – Won the million dollars. So, how, what, what's that been like since that's happened? Honestly, just uh, much the same. You know, life life kind of keeps going on, and it's kind of funny. You have those, you know, the, those goals of becoming a world champion and uh, like a big long term goal that's you know taken over ten years to achieve. And <clears throat> once it happens, it's kind of you know you're still the same person. You're still I'm still me, and I'm just kind of still love training and just kind of want to get straight back into it and keep doing what I love doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a I suppose, and, and some kids starting to grow up and do the fight game and, and uh, promotion game, they have this dream, your dream, for for all their life and, and never achieve it. Yeah. So that's that's probably of late, your uh, your trip being from where you started to where you are now. As you say, still the same person, obviously a little bit of extra cash, but now you're obviously in Melbourne helping Jimmy Crew with his his next uh, up-and-coming fight in Perth. So, you know, it's just a, making your way around and helping and still enjoying the, the process. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, obviously it's, you know, I try to take it in and, you know, winning the title meant a lot to me, but as everyone kind of says, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. And definitely I kind of – Realized that when I kind of won that title, and I love the, the love the journey. So that's kind of the most important. But yeah, over here with Jimmy, I love helping other people fight because, or helping them in their fight camps because you know all the pressures or like all the hard work's really on them. <laughs> you kind of get to help out, do a couple of rounds. Other people do rounds. You get a bit of rest, so it's a lot easier for me. So <laughs> yeah, I always love helping other people. Yeah, it's like it's like fights. when a. Uh when you're a grandparent, I suppose, when they give you the child and you go, oh, yeah, that's no, all right, the child, but I'll give it back. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the pressure's off you and you can go, right, oh, well, I'm here to help. And, and again, doing that, uh, obviously, at the stage you're at as well, traveling around different camps, you get to actually learn a little bit more that you may not have known as well. Obviously, you're in a great camp over in America, but training with Jimmy and Sam and, and the Australian crew gives you a bit more of a, a fresh home feel and, and you teaching them new things and, and them teaching you new things is always a good good sort of uh, spiritual thing, I, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've trained at a lot of different gyms and I've always appreciated learning from different gyms and, uh, you know, I might be a world champion now, but I'm still I'm happy for any advice I can get from coaches and I just kind of want to keep improving myself and if I can teach anything or show anyone anything, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I, th I think that's that's one of the probably the best advices, so to speak, for fighters and coaches. Uh, if they get to a stage and you're obviously world champion, PFL world champion now, and if you got to a stage where you go, I'm done, I've, I know everything now, I'm the world champ, then really your learning stops. Yeah. And I think with coaches, uh, and I've been through that process, and I know a lot of great coaches in, in Australia and, and overseas, I always find the ones who are willing to learn, even though people look upon them as great coaches or great fighters, St. Pierre is one of them. He would travel anywhere and co be coached under anyone. Yeah. The more the more you can open your mind to learn, and even if things don't work for you, you just throw them aside and go, okay, that's not working for me. But the majority of the time you get that, extra knowledge, which then you go, well, I'm keeping that because that's going to help me down the track. So open-mindedness is one of the best things. Yeah, definitely. you got to keep 
got to keep growing. I've kind of, I write that down a little bit as well. Just always, always learn and grow. Like as we get older, we're not just, you know, now we're an adult and now I'm a world champion. It doesn't mean I can't keep learning and growing things. And I definitely have lots of things I need to keep improving on to make sure I, you know, I win it again this year. 100%, 100%. Let's go back. Born in Tassie. Yeah. As a youngster? Actually, no, but oh, that's, where? that's uh, what I- Where were you born at? That's what I've told everyone. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Tassie boy. I was born in Adelaide, but I uh, I was moved to Tassie when I was three, so I don't remember Adelaide. Yeah, so, Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide. Not, not many people like to remember Adelaide yeah, anyway. But <laughs> exactly. So I'm a Tassie boy. <laughs> yeah, Tassie boy. And growing up in Tasmania, um, what what really, what was childhood like for, for Rob? Um, I think I had a pretty- Pretty standard childhood. Uh, you know, I just always loved playing sports and uh, doing a bit of stuff outdoors. Uh, I was actually really into rock climbing for a, a long time. I'd like compete in like nationals. For, really? Like, wow. Youth indoor rock, like sports climbing and did a fair bit of outdoor rock climbing as well. Uh, it was weird. And then I just, I qualified for the Australian youth team. Yep to, you know, compete in the worlds. And then I had a, like a stress fracture in my leg at the time and couldn't, had to have like nine months off. Uh, and then I just never got never, back into never it. Never went back. So yeah. when you, when you, uh, obviously that happened and then you moved on, what, what sparked the interest or how did you come across actual MMA? I was always interested in fighting. I don't know why. I was always watching. I was always watching WWE. Not that that's fighting, <laughs> yeah. but always watching fake wrestling with my brother. Always fighting and wrestling my brother, and watching like different shows on like martial arts and stuff like that. Um, and then I always kind of wanted to do boxing. I had a boxing bag at home, and I'd go, you know, get that. And and then uh, eventually I went into a PCYC gym and joined that for doing some boxing for like maybe eight nine months. Uh, had like two exhibition boxing fights just with someone from the gym and I really enjoyed training. And then I was actually at a party, I think when I was probably yeah 16 and some guy was talking about MMA and that he trained and I think I had just started watching it on YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, you train? Like, where, where can you do that? And then he, he said there was a gym in town and you know, next week I rocked up to that gym and that was with Priscus Fogginolo, my coach. And yep. Yeah, started off, off doing you went. Yeah, off I went. Loved off it. you went. So once you got into the training, you obviously – enjoyed it and started to love it and we become a, like a personal trainer or how did like did, what did you do for work during that time of of starting the MMA yeah so I was I was uh, 17 so I was at school then and then after after I finished year 12 I just got a job delivering pizzas and uh and training uh I actually saved I worked for like a year delivering pizzas and saved up a bit of money I went over to the states when I was 20 uh, for like six months just to train. and Yeah, okay. Where'd you, where'd you travel over there when you went there? That's, uh, that's, that's I was at, uh, in Oregon at Team Quest. Okay. Yeah, yeah cool. And uh, I had a fight out of there, just like pretty Stand, basic yeah. fight. And yeah. that was my third pro fight. Um, yeah, I was just like straight away, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is I want to be. So you really didn't have an amateur, amateur sort of uh, – uh, back, I think there wasn't really fights? amateur fights when yeah. I started. Like typical coaches back in the day, mate, yeah. you look very good. Yeah. How yeah. about we just chuck you I in? For- there's a whole lot of amateurs. There's a, obviously a lot more now, but I don't think any of our guys, when I was training back then, had an amateur fight. We all just jumped in. and Jumped in and it was just pros straight yeah. away. But the amateurs these days are better than I was for sure back then. Oh, it's a pro, yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of time gone into the levels of A, B and C, MMA. And, um, I think there's a lot of promotions around that are doing the uh, amateur series. I know 
know Victoria and Mark Castaneda and a few of the crew are doing like the Muay Thai, the MMA in the cage, but it's all yeah. amateur. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a breeding ground, so to so yeah. to speak. So um, yeah, that that's interesting. That's interesting. So you made your realistically like two thousand and eleven ish. You made your pro debut. Uh, no, like an official yeah, pro debut. Yeah, my coach said when I was once I turned eighteen, I could fight. <laughs> uh, I had a bit of an injury, and then it was ended up being nineteen. So okay, yeah. and then um, so that was what eleven years ago Kick, kicked it off. Then yeah, and what's the and obviously when when you kicked off the MMA journey, you fought on pretty much the uh, regional scenes in Australia, the yeah. AFC, I think it was Brace, yeah, Brace. Uh, Hex, yeah. Um, so and then you you sort of gathered a, a 11, and, 11 and 0 record, so you weren't too bad at, at, <laughs> at that. Just jumping straight into it, yeah. And then um, I think you had, what was it nine out of the eleven were the first round stoppages. What what were the main things that that sort of put you at a different level, having so many stoppages in the first round? When I was training, I was always like, what do I have to do to be better than the next guy? Yeah. And you know, when you first started training. You know, people might just be kind of training even back then, like a few times a week or, you know, like every day, but not like twice a day. So I was like, I better train more than once a day. I was like training twice a day or whatever. It's like always got to try and do something more to be better than my opponent. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know if it was just, I think I got a good like killer instinct yeah. and good at finishing the fights <laughs> as well as probably as not, you needed to. Yeah. As well as probably not being the best that I actually pacing myself and just going hundred percent straight out of the gate. And, uh, it was probably a good thing I finished my opponents because I'd probably get a gas out pretty quick <laughs> if I didn't finish them. Yeah. I remember actually sometimes thinking, like, fuck, I'm getting tired. I better, <laughs> I better finish this. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you get into that zone, you're like, fuck, yeah. I, if I don't finish this, I'm gone. So yeah, I, yeah, I, exactly. better, I better turn all this around. Yeah. So once you've gone through the the hex, uh, the brace and, and so forth, you get the you get the call up for the, the UFC. Um. What was that? Because there's a lot of different, uh, I suppose, expressions or feelings that that fighters get. Yeah. When they get when they go, mate, you're going to sign with the UFC, and it, not just because it's the UFC, but just the MMA platform that it, it goes to. Yeah. What was what was where were you at that stage? Once you finished, you know, you done the regional scenes, and then they they wanted to sign you for the fights. What what was that? For you, where were, where were you? What were you thinking? I was living in Sydney at the time. I had moved there. I actually fought once uh, when I fought in Finland as my 11th fight uh, just before getting into the UFC on a, a new promotion over there. So I think that kind of helped me get into the get in the UFC. But I was actually probably like looking back, it wasn't the best couple of years of my life. I was yep. pretty doing some stupid shit and, and kind of my mental health was going up and down yep. a lot. Uh, and when, when you say doing some stupid shit, what's stupid shit to, to Rob Wilkinson? Because everyone does stupid shit. Stupid shit. Well, just like. Uh, alcohol, drugs. A uh, lot of weed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, smoking a lot of weed. Well, now, now look at that butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, now they're going, mate, this is, we're all legalizing it because it's helping your health. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, but if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. True. And uh, probably doing it to cope with. Uh, what was going on in my life, having, yep. a, having a pretty toxic relationship, having uh, just been pretty uh, unwell mentally, like uh, uh, like on and off depression and then yep. kind of spiraling down and then just kind of like smoking weed to deal with that sort of shit. Yeah. So not the best like, you know, time no, frame no. to, you know, 
be a fighter. No, uh, no. And like just, yeah, not dealing with things or, you know, maybe drinking to deal with some stuff. Not that yeah. I drank very much, but, you know, now and then just yeah. like let it out. Uh, but yeah, because at that time I had, I had knee surgery probably three months before I got the phone call for, okay. for the UFC. And I, back then I was kind of, I, I kind of, my identity was fighting. So when I couldn't train and couldn't fight, that's kind of when I lost myself a little bit. So if I was injured, I didn't have a fight coming up. That's kind of when I, I'd lose myself and get in these kind of negative spirals and uh, smoke weed every day. And uh, just, you know, I'd still be training and stuff, but just yep. mentally not in a yeah. good space. Um, so, yeah, I, I had my knee took a little longer than I thought to recover. It wasn't major. It was just my meniscus, but yep. it took about three months for me to actually get back into training. Yeah. I turned up to training on that Monday and then I think on Wednesday I got the phone call two days later Wow! when I fight in the UFC in four weeks in okay. Rotterdam. Oh, no, wow. Yeah, right. And I was just like so excited, obviously, and I kind of used that to kind of ignore all the other issues in my life and it was yep. just fucking like, yes, yes, yes. Yep. Uh, hindsight, probably not the smartest thing to fight for. Yeah, but you'd be, you'd be amazed how many fighters have gone through similar stuff. Yeah. And when you say that's a that's a big sort of subject that I always look at, being an old fella and being around a long time, is the identity of fighters. Like, as you say, your identity to you and probably others was you're a fighter and that's it. Yeah. So when you haven't got fighting anymore, you go, fuck, what, what's my life? What's my purpose in this place? Yeah. And But you see other fighters – go, okay, my identity is a fighter, I'm going to use that platform and I'm going to go into business and do something or whatever it may be. So that's where they carry on, you know, which helps their probably mental health yep. in regards that occupies their mind and then they obviously, when they're making money, they go, oh, now I'm still fighting, I'm still earning, but my businesses are still going yep. along and whatever. But it's I, I sympathise with those fighters that do have that, scenario in their life because they go through that stage of going, I am fighting. Yeah. And then once it stops, you go, fuck, I am nothing. What's going on here? Yeah. And it's, it's as you say, depression, just trying to go into that, fuck, who am I? Yeah. That, that's, that would be hard. Yeah. I often felt like that even after a fight, like I was winning all my fights, uh, you know, before I got to the UFC and even after wins, big wins and stuff like that, I'd kind of feel pretty depressed and like, what, what do I do now? I don't have a fight to focus on. And yeah. It was weird, you know, like USC was my goal since I started. So my goal I think since it's I was every like- Every kid that's watched it for yeah. 30 years goes, fuck USC, because it's there, as, as I was talking prior to, to the podcast, is they see UFC name and they think, fuck, I don't have to work ever again. I'm going to make millions <laughs> yeah. the next minute driving around in a Mazda. <laughs> Poor old wheels aren't fucking pumped up. Yeah. I've seen it all when yeah. I was training at Albuquerque. But yeah, that's it's a hard, hard stint. Yeah, it is. And yeah, I remember I didn't even like training at that point. Really? I was kind of training. It kind of felt like it was a, more of a job. Like I had to train where normally I love training. I love training at the moment. I was training probably three times a day most of the time, maybe too much. And just like not being present at training. Like I've got to be there because yeah. I've got to be there, but not, right. not being present and enjoying that training. And uh, I was like, I love watching fights. I remember for like, I can't remember how long, maybe a year or so, I just didn't watch any fights. I was just yeah. not interested in like, it was just like consuming my life and I didn't want to like add more by watching fights. I just yeah. wasn't watching anything. And yeah, anyway, I got the call up and I was obviously excited and took that fight. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I don't think I wasn't necessarily ready, but uh, yeah, things didn't go. Opportunities knock, you've got to really take them exactly. either way, don't you? Yeah, yeah definitely. But I thought, yeah. <laughs> 
I thought because it wasn't too much of a stint. How many fights in in the actual UFC did you I have? Do, like yeah. two two fights. Two one f- in was it not an M? In, yeah, in Rotterdam. And then, and then Izzy. And then Izzy in Perth. Perth it was. Uh, I didn't know if it was Melbourne or Perth. Yeah. But from an outsider, because I didn't know you personally, I knew of you, obviously, following you around and saying, oh, this is – but I, I thought when you got to that stage and now I look back and you, and you tell me the story of your headspace and whether it was too soon or not. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, fucking UFC's just chucking him in against Izzy. You know, they want to promote Izzy. They're yeah. just chucking him in there. And I kept on thinking – Who's Rob Wilgerson? Uh, this is what probably everyone's starting to think. Oh, he just got busted up, and yeah. you know. And once you once that easy fight finished, it was sort of to me personally, it was more like uh, you know. You, then you were just a fucking memory. It was just like, oh, what's where's Rob? Oh, he was a fighter. Easy, easy beat him, and then whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then you got released. Um, when was it released on two thousand eighteen or something? Yeah. So I thought uh, they released you. Started two thousand eighteen, and uh, a couple. Months later, they sent me the email saying yeah. that was it. So where once you get to that stage in the email and then you go, fuck, all my dreams was getting to the UFC. Now I'm not in the UFC. Where does, did that put you back into that mental, fuck, what am I, what am I doing? Yeah, it was or weird. Where? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was actually, I think I got the email just before, maybe when I was over in New Zealand, Eugene is his coach, had reached out, asked if I'd uh, go train there for like, as long as possible, like a month or so before Izzy was fighting, I think Brad Tavares, because I wanted like a a big wrestler uh, to go help him over. So uh, I took that opportunity and then I think I found out I was out of the UFC, so it was kind of like pretty shitty and I was training over there. Um, And then I kind of just thought, you know, it took me a while. I was just like, do I want to still commit myself? Like I was 25 at the time. Um, maybe just turned 26 and I was like, do I still commit myself knowing that I'm not going to be making any money? Uh, I know how dangerous this sport is and how bad it is for your, your, your brain. hundred uh, percent. And I, do I still want to commit myself to doing this? And I kind of just took a step back from it all and just like, not going to focus on fights, not going to focus on anything. Just like, uh, I was setting myself more of a goal of just trying to focus on like being happy again and like happy enjoying mental life, health, my mental health. And I, I didn't stop training cause I love training, but I, I was only training once a day Yeah, and that was probably the best thing for me. I started training once a day and I was loving training. I was looking forward to it. I was training better and harder cause it was just like one session. How I was many, like, I may as well train hard for this session. 100%. How many times has that happened? You get, you get. A, a fighter who's doing two, three sessions a day. Yeah. The next minute they go, fuck, I only just changed it back to one session and I felt alive, you yeah. know, because you're not going through the grind, I suppose. Yeah. But did did uh, training over with Izzy and Eugene, because obviously they've got a great camp and great – I see Eugene, I've known Eugene for a lot of years, but he's, he's IQ of the fight game – of, uh, he seems to be a very good uh, coach with along with his other coaches. Yeah, uh, very very smart in coaching. That, did that uh, give you a bit of a fire and motivation? I think even just the yeah the camp is awesome and training with them and just like in my fight, I know I didn't look great in the second round, but I, I'm not sure. I probably won the first round and um, then training with Izzy, uh, like I knew what kind of level I was at. Like I'm not. You know, mm. like, he, I know he beat me and he's yeah, a yeah. good fighter, but, like, I'm not, I'm there. Like, yeah. I was training with him and Definitely. having good rounds with him and, you know, I know I'm at that level and then he's going on pretty quickly to win the world title and I've been released from the UFC, yeah. but I know I'm at that level. Yep. 
Um, they, didn't so, ca- they didn't camp. You're like, fuck, I'm getting this one back at you. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you're couple, all giving us. Couple, I think I tapped him when we were doing some jits with a head arm. Like, and I was like, that's what I was going to get you. That was what I was working for the fight. Like, he's a good dude. We're joking around. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like a really good dude. I've, I've sort of run into him a couple of times. Obviously, he's been with Frankie and a few of the, uh, the other coaches. Yeah, yeah. But he seems like a real stand-up, yeah, you yeah, know, real yeah. honest Everyone guy. down there, I really like City Kickboxing and they're, they're all good dudes. They seem like a great, great bunch of dudes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I knew I was there and then I was like, fuck, I'm not going to just lose a couple of fights and then quit Give up. kind of thing. And that, like, I couldn't live with that. Yep. Uh, and I was loving it again, which yeah. was the most important thing. Like, I was enjoying doing it. And I knew what I had to improve on. I knew I had to improve on my striking. Yep. Uh, so I started taking a few kickboxing fights and just yep. kind of working on that. And then I was like, all right, get back to MMA after, I think, three kickboxing fights. And yep. Then it was hard. I had one against uh, Dylan Andrews, yeah, and then uh, and then COVID happened. So yeah, I, it's I, true. it took like a year for me to even get that first fight. So it was frustrating because I thought being in the UFC, lost my last two fights, people want to fight me because yep. that was a problem before I got to the UFC. Like, I couldn't get fights. Yeah, true. Well, with the record, yeah, yeah, obviously. And then I thought, now I've lost. Being in the UFC, people want to fight me, but still couldn't get fights. So it's kind of frustrating. It's frustrating when you're trying to do what you love and trying to prove that you deserve to be back on a big promotion, Definitely. but you can't get the fights. Yeah, yeah. That- and then obviously COVID happened for everyone, and yep. uh, that kind of shut a lot down. And well, what what was your COVID picture like? Everyone was everyone was either on the beers, wine, or uh, <laughs> smoking weed. Who knows when they're when they're confined in the house? Yeah, but yeah. did you have the opportunity to still get out and about and still do any training anywhere, or uh, just? I mean, Tassie wasn't too bad. We had the six week lockdown. Uh, when Six it weeks, that, that would have been hard, mate. Yeah. What 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 Melbourne have yeah, two yeah, years? Two, yeah, exactly. Oh man, I, I was lucky as well. I had Newcastle with Mark. Mark Hunt and Ty Tuivasa, so we didn't really have lockdown up there, so we just trained at the beaches each morning. Yeah. But the Melbourneites, when I first when I moved down to Melbourne, fuck, they done a full year, even be, like that's before I got in, and yeah. then we done an extra year. Yeah, I was like, fuck. Now, wonder people's mental health is all fucked up. It was crazy what Melbourne and Sydney had to go through. But oh. yeah, we were lucky in Tassie. We had that six weeks, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, um, really. We had like a, a just, snap two or three day lockdown at one point and that was, yeah. You just cut everyone off from travelling from, <laughs> yeah, from yeah, the we're Australian like, mainland. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> we're at Tassie. We're that's, a, that's probably the only time that that all of Australia wanted to be Tasmanians. Well, man, property was going through the roof. Everyone, the prices of houses started going up. Everyone started buying houses and really? property down here, yeah. Wow. They kind of just settled down now. But, yeah, lots of people were moving down or buying property down in Tassie after that. Wow, that's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Shit. That's where you should have – if you had won the million before, yeah, they yeah, would have bought property, boom, there you exactly. go. Now it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> now the million won't, won't go too far. But, yeah, so then you obviously – you're getting a bit of motivation. How, how, what was the process in getting into the PFL? Because all of a sudden, uh, people like myself, people outside, all of a sudden seeing you in the UFC promotions and next minute, boom, PFL. Yeah. And, oh, well, here he is. He's he's popped up. He's he's fighting there. Obviously, you've gone to Mark and the crew over in, in uh, the gym over in, in the US. Yeah. Uh, and what was the process? How, how did that all come about? One trainer with... Mark, who's one of the great coaches at the moment with yeah. with MMA, but signing with the PFL. Our gym actually shut down because it was moving, so we didn't have a gym for maybe six to nine months. I can't remember exactly how long. So I was doing like training in the park. and hey, We've all been there too. Whole, done whole bunch that. Of so it was like, I know we went in lockdown, so it wasn't that like bad. nowhere near as bad, obviously, as Melbourne and stuff, but yep. definitely I trained like for different reasons, gym and like trying to set that up wasn't going. Um 
But then once it was all backing up, I had one more fight for the Hex title, light heavyweight title. That's right, yep. Um, and then I end up having a pro boxing fight as well. That's right. <laughs> hey, not many people say I'm made of boxing on, on – one and one, yeah. you know, especially when they're going from for MMA. As well. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was a, like a, a, what was it, a interim, no, it wasn't an interim title, it was for the Tasmanian vacant, Australian title. Yeah, oh, vacant. Tasmanian Australian title. Vacant Tassie heavyweight title, yeah. That's right, yeah. So against, he stepped in. Yeah, against Plugger, who's a Tassie boy, but he he's former cruiserweight Australian title holder. And okay. Yeah, he's a, a good boxer. Um, so one fight, boom, yeah, I'm, I'm the Tassie champ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's move on now to the next one. Yeah. And then uh, my manager, Reese, he, he said earlier in the year that he'd been talking to the PFL and they were interested. So I got super excited and then nothing happened for like months and months and months. Oh, I yeah. had that boxing fight. I was like, fuck, it's not going to happen. And then uh, shortly after the boxing fight, he's like, yeah, you're in. We've got your contract. Like, Wow. And I was just, all he, he says, yeah, the phone call, uh, I just heard a lot of fuck yeahs of me just my fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when, you, when you've done the journey that you have, and PFL's another, you know, obviously the pro- UFC is the promotion that's that's got every every bit of coin to debut the promotions. Yeah. But then you got the Bellators, you got the PFLs, which the PFLs, and you look at the quality. Have you found PFL quality of fighting just the same as yeah. UFC? Of course, hundred like percent. That you see, you see UFC fighters coming out of PFL and losing to guys yeah. that no one knows. And yeah. uh, I mean. At the high level, fighting's fighting and everyone's, you know, it doesn't matter what promotion, everyone's good. There might not be like, UFC might have a better roster, like of fighters, you know, more fighters that yeah. are good, but PFL's still their top, you know, top five of each division are, are yeah. all good. Yeah. yeah, you see you see some of the, I think, um, yeah, some of those fighters that you see, and I, I always say like UFC, yes, it's a world-class level, but now like you've got the Bellators, you've got the, the PFLs, they, these are still world class. They're still you're fighting different people from all over the world. It's yeah. not like you're just going, oh, I'm fighting in America, but they're all bums. Because yeah. as I said prior to the our session here, is camps that are done in in the US boxing or MMA is just a little bit different because the population is bigger. Yeah, and then you've got everyone wanting to make it to the top. So you've got the best of the best crops. You know, probably a little bit more than Australia, so that's probably a, a bonus uh, when you when you sign for PFL. Next minute, you're you're in there training with yeah. some of the best. Well, so good because for me, like that's what started 2022. I, you know, I'm going to be fighting for PFL. Got released from UFC at the start of 2018, so four years later, and I'd been. You know, I felt like I'd improved heaps and been working like I know, as you said, like what happened to Rob Wilkinson, no one, you know, no one hundred percent. And and I'm not saying that disrespectfully, no, it's just I, that's, that's the fight game yeah, that everyone goes, course. Oh, he got beat, he got released, and being that part of that's the top platform, once they go from that, you never see him again. Yeah. But, and yeah, I I knew that was the case and this whole time I'd just been watching Izzy just dominate and now I'm just there doing, you know, fighting locally, fighting on small Tassie shows or and just thinking, you know, doing whatever I can to level. try and try and get back and and keep improving, and that was, and that's what I I kind of set myself goals and and wrote down that like when I get an opportunity because I I knew if I keep doing what I'm doing I will get another opportunity and when I get an opportunity I'm going to be ready, and that's actually a, a huge thing I learned from Izzy and his camp because when I got to the UFC I didn't think I was ready to be fighting the top. 10 guys or be the best in the world, but I thought I was ready for the UFC. But Izzy had said no to the UFC 
for a few years and when they took it, they were ready to go straight to the top. That's right. I think Eugene had, from what I, obviously, for a lot of years and and Eugene, someone was sort of mentioned that Eugene sent Izzy over to China, I think, for like three years or something to fight each week or fight regularly to get that striking regularly, regularly. So when I seen uh, Izzy enter the UFC – um, and I think Mark Hunt was even telling the UFC guys, this is a guy you need in here yeah. um, at that stage. And once Izzy appeared, as usual, everyone was like, fuck, who's this dude? Where's he been? Yeah. And then, but the, the traditional fight people who have been in the game for a long time go, fuck, this, this should be good because this dude's been fighting weekly yeah. overseas in China, away from all the lights and the glimpse and glamour. Yeah. And that's what I think smart with Eugene and his and his IQ with the fighting. He's been around the he's been around the top guys under Lolo yeah. back in the day. Lolo was Mark Hunt's main man to start with. And I think Eugene was a part of their camp for a lot of years. Yeah. And then he went out on his own with with uh, City Kickboxing. I think that's he's he's one of the smartest coaches yeah. that I see, especially in the western western part here. Um yeah, I've got a lot of respect for you, Jen. He's, yeah, no, he's a very, yeah. very clue, clued up man. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. But once you got into the PFL and then obviously what you're dealing with, with the depression and just having that focus, fuck, what am I here for? What am I doing? That would have all changed, obviously. Yeah. Once that, you got the motivation, you go, fuck, now I'm signed for PFL. Now, you, did you think, now I'm ready? Definitely. I felt ready and it was, it was you know, it was a few years before, you know, Last year, like the last couple of years, I felt a lot better uh, with my mental health and depression and, you know, talked to a psychologist and just making so sure. So you went and found help as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yes. That, that's probably the number one that a lot of fighters come males yeah. in particular don't do. Yeah. Oh, you know, we've all been through it. But if you can go to a – voluntary go to a psychologist and go, Fuck, I need some help, yeah. these guys deal with it day in, day out. So that yeah, you went yeah. you went there. Yeah, I was doing that, especially when I because after so after the I got released from UFC, I moved back to Tassie because I was living in Sydney. I didn't really like Sydney that much; I was too busy for a too little busy Tassie boy. Right, <laughs> Sydney's bad. Nah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I started seeing a psychologist and just getting on top of what was going on, and you know, making sure I was dealing with strategies better than how I was dealing with it. And you know, I felt like my mental health the last few years have been way better. Like good obviously you still have times you feel shitty but 100%. i don't let them kind of spiral down into like a really negative kind of mindset and, and when you know how to maintain it yeah and sort of deal with it that's yeah. i think and psychologist or that's a that's a big thing i i, I agree with that yeah. it's if you know when it's coming on or you know the feeling yeah. if you know triggers how to how to maintain it yeah then you're you're on the right yeah. track yeah, I didn't realize how much i was like once i you know it's fine to obviously feel shitty but i kind of keep those feelings and make them do more things to kind of spiral down, like yep. kind of that way. So, but yeah, got the got the PFL contract, and um, uh, it was just when Australian borders had kind of opened up, and I was still nervous. Like, I didn't want anything to happen. Like, yep. I didn't want to not be able to fly, like, fly over there because of COVID or That's anything right. like that. So, yep. um, I actually Richie Walsh, yep. who I trained with in Sydney, yep. I hadn't talked to him for ages. He just randomly had messaged me like, "What's going on?" And I told him. You know, PFL, blah, blah, blah. And he said, like, are you going to go and train? Like he said, you, you know, maybe go train in the States. And I said, I was thinking about that, but I don't know what gym. And he's like, let me, he knows heaps of people, made yeah, some calls yeah, for definitely. me, got back to me and said, I think Mark's going to be a good 
Market yeah. Factory X in Denver is going to be a good fit for you because yeah. he knows me. And he he had a, like a chat with Mark, and then he's like, "Yeah, I think it worked. Like you should call him up, have a chat with him." I called Mark, and he seemed like a good dude. And yeah. obviously, you don't know until you're there. But hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I was, had to get my visa and stuff, so I couldn't go over there for the first fight. But I just trained at a at a HGC in Hobart for my first fight, which I was happy about anyway. And I just went over with pretty much two of my best friends, Khan and Chris, who are like own part owners in the gym and, you know, helped me, training partners and coach me. And yeah. they're like a year younger than me and just just three Tassie boys going over. <laughs> On the big trip of a yeah, lifetime. And then I uh, got that first win and, you know, that was probably the most excited. That was probably my most nerve-wracking fight out of the whole season yeah, just true. because like big, you know, big back, expectations. Yeah, yeah, back on the big stage yeah. again and uh, – yeah, got that first win, and uh, and then I stayed over in Denver, yeah. so I didn't have to. One like PFL, you're fighting uh, seven, eight weeks apart, so that's right, one yeah. flying back and forth yeah, is a lot. It, sometimes it's too much in it. And then uh, two, just training at a new gym was good for me. And Mark's yeah. a Mark's a great. Yeah, coach. I I, I said to you earlier on, I said Mark from the Factory X here. Yeah, he just seems like, and I've I've, I've observed and I've been around a lot of MMA coaches in my time overseas in Australia. Mark seems, and I've never met him personally, but he, he just seems like a dude who's, one, passionate about the fight game and, two, passionate about his fighters, like the actual yeah. well-being of his fighters. I, I see that every time I see him on, on the TV or in, in promotions. I go, that dude, he's just passionate and loves his yeah. fighters. Yeah, he is very passionate. He's a good, uh, a good mix, I think, of being like, you know, hard-ass, like making you work, but like – the dad figure and then yeah, but the like friend also like figure. yeah yeah like doesn't care like if you're having fun and stuff as long as you're doing the work yeah not like you know too crazy which I think is yeah. a good mix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely and then you go so you now you're sort of uh, embedded in there training with Mark and the crew at Factory X and you've had the the first fight but you trained out of Tassie for it yeah now you're in there you've had uh, PFL fights you've had three four four oh, okay so the, and the last fight and and to be honest. Uh, and I obviously like talking the truth. When I seen who you're fighting, yeah. and I'm sure I remember him fighting Kyle Noak in Melbourne. Yeah. He, when Kyle basically give it up. Yeah. And he was training with Kyle over at Jackson's, I think, at some stages. And I thought to myself, Rob's got a, a great chance because I've seen this dude fight. I've seen him train, and Kyle should have beat him yeah. if it's the same dude in Melbourne. Yeah. And I thought, Rob, Rob has got. And absolute eighty percent, ninety percent of of beating this dude, yeah. and that's when yeah you know, I seen the lineup, and I'm like, damn, this he might have a million dollars, he might be world champion, and fuck, that's that's how it went. Yeah, how how was obviously you got the great team behind you, but knowing that you're leading in all the fucking hard work, all the down days, all the up days, and you're leading into this fight now, um, and you've got a million dollars on the line. And MMA fighters, the fucking pick up a million dollar check. Yeah. Still think, fuck, I'd, that'd be my dream. Yeah. Plus the PFL world champion belt, which, you know, is, is a good deal over yeah. PFL and Race FO and all the crew over there are just great people. Yeah. Um, what's, what's that leading up to that fight? That's because that's the life changing fight for a lot of, for some people. Yeah. You're getting me uh, goosebumps. Oh, that's, that's what I'll tell That's what I'll um, it's funny. I, I did a lot of like media for that fight, obviously, like more than I've ever done before. And so many people are like, oh, did you expect to be here? And I'm like, of course I expected to be here. I wouldn't be here if I didn't expect to. Like my, like everyone's like first season, you're like, you're doing well. Did you expect to get to the final? I'm like, yeah, I, ex 
I expect to win the whole thing. That's yeah. what I set myself out to. That's what I've been training towards for, yeah. you know, 10 years. So uh, it felt good, but like, yeah, I've never fought so many times, like so regularly. regularly yeah. I, I've been wanting to be fighting, like be active and be fighting regularly. And I, every fight, I just kept building more confidence. I uh, felt more like calm and composed in the cage. And I felt like I could like show a little bit more of my skills and not be like, you know, if you haven't fought for over a year, sometimes it's, you know, a bit more nerve wracking and you're kind of a bit more rushed. Yeah. Like the first fight I felt very rushed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then second fight I felt way more relaxed, relaxed calm yeah. and so on, so on. So, yeah, it felt really good and I was very confident. Like I knew the whole time I'm walking It, it must be hard to think, <clears throat> fuck, I'm that confident winning this fight, but I can't let the fucking million dollars in the world championship yeah. belt just – Cloud my yeah. cloud my motivation and, and enthusiasm. Yeah, that, that's a, always a good mindset thing to for the young ones coming through the ranks to go because they've not fucking belt. You know they're telling all their this is probably their generation. These telling all my friends, mate, I'm fucking gonna win this million dollars. <laughs> yeah. I'm winning the belt. Go in there and all that's all they'll focus on. I forgot the fucking. Fight the fight. fight. Yeah, everyone kept talking like million dollars. You got the belt. Million dollars. You got the belt. And I was like, at the end of the day, it's a fight. And that is, you know, something that's the outcome of the fight at the end. But that's, you know, I got to focus on the fight because that's nothing like without winning the fight, million dollars a belt. That's not there. So, you know, I was trying to make sure I just focused on. It's just another fight. It's just another fight. Obviously, a big fight. But I fought title fights before, and just focusing on that fight. And I wasn't sure on the day, if, you know, those, you know, that moment was going to get to me or not. But I, I felt just as calm and ready as ever. Once I started warming up, I felt really fast, strong, and I was like... Oh, and know, it, and it helps to have a coach, as you say, like with Mark in there. Yeah. Who's fucking got the knowledge, but he's passionate to make, you know, make sure he, he sees you yeah. succeed. He's awesome having in the corner. And, uh, you know, obviously it was really nice, the first fight, as I said, having Chris and Khan in my corner and just like my two best mates. That was, just, that was a bit of a friend thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like for a world title, like you want to... Like there, Chris was with me for every fight. He flew over for every fight and... uh and Chris and Khan were both there for the final fight as well. Like they're they're really good coaches, but like having someone with Mark said he's been he's cornered his first UFC fight like twenty one years ago. Like he's been around. Right, that's one hundred percent. You can you can tell experience. that too. Yeah, having that experience and that confidence backstage with you, like it's really nice going out and just just knowing when to warm you up, make you sweat, when yeah. to take tape you down, yeah. what things to tell you, what time. Yeah. It, it, it is a very special coach yeah. with a lot of experience <laughs> yeah. and a lot of. Uh, passion that can do the right job with that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then you go into that fight and uh, perform. Yeah. Man, what a, what a feeling after that. Well, once you – obviously the fight finished, then then it was, what was the emotions you feel? Obviously Mark would have been fucking super stoked, but, uh. but you would have been super stoked for not just probably you know, knowing you, probably for the whole camp and for yeah. everyone who's helped you along the, the journey, you know? Yeah. It's been some of the, the best uh, – I guess moments for me is like hearing how other people, especially heaps of people back home in Tassie reacted and so many people and I've seen footage and stuff, people crying and like wow. just so happy for me. And it's yeah. just like knowing how happy other people are for my success, yeah. especially back home is yeah. like really like That's good like feeling. Look at the goosebumps yeah, now. Yeah, That's yeah. fucking happening to me. Yeah. There's nothing better that I don't, yeah. I don't feel, especially everyone who's been through that ride and in this sport, as you would know, you always get the fucking hanger on us. Yeah. Oh, wow, he's the champ. I'm, I want to do something with him and yeah. I want to photo with him. He's the, he's the man. And then they fall off. Obviously, yeah. once you've got nothing for them, they fall off. But to have that feeling when you've won that fight, you've gone through the ups and downs 
and you're representing your family and the gym. Yeah. Yeah, it must be a buzz. Yeah. Standing, Steve, standing mid, yeah. mid cage. It was, yeah, it was, it took a while to sink in. And then, yeah, I think some of the messages just saying, like people saying, no one deserves it more than you kind of thing. Like that was like everyone, like yeah. so many people said that to me. It was just yeah. like, it's nice to like have all that support, Rec- especially from back home and just everyone, like everyone I know kind of yeah. sending me in love yep. and support. But it takes a while. I think it was not even the next day, the day after I just woke up in the hotel room and just like the belt was just on a chair next to me and I was just like, ah, I'm the champ. I'm the champ. 100%. <laughs> the champ. Yeah. Fuck. That, yeah. You see all that when, when fighters win the belts, they have photos laying in <laughs> yeah, bed with yeah, it, yeah. sleeping with it. Yeah. But, and they're not fucking. I didn't sleep with my, I slept with my girlfriend instead of the belt, but uh, Mate, he was looking at us. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you should have had it in between. Yeah, yeah. Now, just tonight, yeah. this lays here. She sleeps in the floor tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But she obviously, uh, you know, that would have been great for the whole whole trip over there and, yeah. and all the way back. So obviously, you've won, you're the champ now. You've you've get to that point. Now the hardest bit starts. Yeah. Everyone fucking comes for you yeah. because you've got the belt. Everyone wants to fight you for the million dollars next time, if there's next time, whatever. Yeah. Um how, how's that sort of now mentally have you okay, now I now I'm the target. You know, this season's gonna be harder than last season and uh I believe that. Um you know, their PFL have signed some big names like uh Santos yep. uh is coming over and and as you said, like now, I'm not the underdog. I'm not the guy that no one knows. I'm the guy. I'm the champ. I'm the yeah, guy with 100%. the target on my back that everyone wants to. Well, it know, must think. be a bit of a buzz. Yeah. Nah. Hey, well, fuck, everyone wants me. Yeah. Then thinking, fuck, now I've got to fight some big fights. Yeah. No, it's exciting. That's yeah. what I want. Like, it's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to fight Santos because he left the UFC as like number eight or something in yeah. the world. So beating him does heaps for me oh, 100%. and that's what I'm at now like I, my goal I had set myself out was to be a world champion and now I've sat down and wrote some bigger goals out and I and I'm looking forward to like all right that's you know you always been to write goals that are meant to scare you yeah you yeah. know and bigger than you ever think and now I'm excited to keep pushing those boundaries of those goals and uh and see how just, far I can just, take this yeah and what's so the MMA life put it aside You've you've reached that goal now. You've got another tremendous year coming up to defend all those titles and fight some massive titles. Outside, like, is there? Have you thought about what's after MMA? Is there? Is there like you're writing all the goals for yeah. world champion? Has there been that? Okay, I'm writing this. Is there business? Is there what's what's Rob view like for business wise? Yeah. So so to speak. So you're not going into that. Yeah, I'm world champion yeah. and now I'm nothing. Yeah, you know what's what's in line in your mind for that? No, definitely. I've thought about that a lot, especially because you know, as we're kind of talking about, when you like, when your life is fighting, then after fighting, what will I do? Um, so I've thought about you know different things I would want to do, and I actually wouldn't mind doing a trade. Um, I wouldn't mind doing like becoming a builder. Yeah, really. Mainly just because I'd be doing something uh, with your hands. Mainly just I'm not very handy, but I'd like to learn how to. <laughs> yeah, well, that, hey, yeah. you've got you've got to learn those type and of then, things too. So. Yeah, and uh, and I kind of envision myself buying some land and be able to build my own like shack or something like that, which yep. would be cool. But um, I never was that interested in coaching, but now I think I'm at a stage where I feel like I'm. I think because before I was like I always want to learn, and I that's right. I don't think I should be coaching. I want to be learning. Yep. But now I'm getting to a stage where. Uh, like I've been coaching a little bit, especially the younger guys coming up and I, I could see myself, you know, in a coaching role and uh, especially for fighters. Like I don't think I just coach the general public, but yeah, uh, no, no. 
you know, in Tassie, we've got a really good crew and lots of guys are really inspired to, you know, see how far they can take it. Yeah. Uh, and like giving back and helping, helping them out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm trying to, with the money I've got, trying to just invest in some property and kind of, I want to set myself up with a bit of property that I don't have to stress about like a job that I have to do for money. I That's want right. to be able to do it because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. I don't want to be stuck doing something because. Is know. that in Tassie or are you thinking of elsewhere? Or? Yeah, probably Tassie. Tassie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in the, in the end of the day, we'll see Rob just wandle into the Tassie, Tassie Hills and yeah. <laughs> on the, uh, smoke his weed on the hill and yeah, just disappear. say, yeah, disappear again. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, but that's, yeah. And business-wise, I've seen property and business, like starting a gym or being a part of a gym? Uh, wouldn't mind buying into, so the gym I train at is the gym I started at like, you know, when I was 17. Okay. It's changed hands a little bit and at the moment uh, two of my like Chris and Khan, those guys, uh, some of the part owners. Yep. Um, so uh, I would like to, you know, buy into that at some point just because it's been my gym since, you know, yeah, I started day one, and, yeah. and like my two best friends are, 100%. you know, running yep. it and owning it. So yep. uh, at some point I'd like to kind of buy into that, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, no rush. Like obviously for me, fighting still my focus. Main, main focus, As we yeah. said, there's yep. you know, a big target on my back at the moment and I don't want to start branching out, doing all this yeah, other yeah, stuff yeah, and definitely. forget about, you know, what yep. got me here, which is just, I've always uh, dedicated myself to fighting and try to have as little distractions as possible yep. and, you know, just focus on that fighting. Yeah, beautiful. Well, you've gone through your journey and, and as I say, I admire your journey and it's, it's if there is one person who I've paid attention to along the way and that's why I wanted this uh, to sit down and have a chat to you, it's more deserving to obviously pop up with the journey you've had and fucking show the world, hey, I'm the world champ, I'm a you know, million dollars. What is, at this stage in your life now, what is what is Rob's rich life look like? Like day to day or? Mate, what, what makes you happy? What, what is your rich life? If someone said, what is your happiness today? Um, honestly, it's just, it's just uh, enjoying, the, enjoying the grind and the hard work. Like I've taught myself to love working hard and seeing that kind of pay off and trying to show and teach others that. And I never, it kind of still feels weird for me to say it, but like it's weird how many people saying like I've inspired them and like for people to be like, you know, keen to kind of keep doing their whatever it is not it doesn't have to be fighting no, but no. I've had a lot of people would like tell me that I've like been a big inspiration to them and stuff like that and yeah. uh it's a it's a very new and weird thing for me yeah but it's very nice feeling at the same time and I just kind of want to keep trying to be yeah. that inspiration especially to like the younger generation in Tassie like yeah, yeah. showing that you know where lots of people in Tassie think we can't do things because yeah. it's a small island, uh, small island and, uh, yep. you know, we don't have the resources to become a world champion Golden or champion, whatever yeah. it is. Definitely. So to show that we can do anything, especially out of Tassie, that's like one of my biggest goals at the moment. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, mate. I just want to thank you for your time. It's the journey that I didn't know much about, yeah. but um, but seeing you obviously do your fights and come along some of the journey, it's, yeah, it really is inspiring. I think the young ones, the young fighters coming through yeah. um, who are going through those mental struggles, who are going through physical struggles and, and identity struggles, I think um, hopefully this will help them uh, in, in your story. And uh, thank you for your time, champion. Uh, no worries, Mate, it's been you. an honour. It's been good.